We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Abner Mayers is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mayers, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. And you don't have to be a boxing fan to check out this podcast. He covers everything, sports, music, culture, and family life. Uh, All the kind of stuff that we talk about on this podcast. And I know as me, a dad of two kids, uh, hearing what it's like for a professional athlete uh, to be a girl dad, two little girls, uh, is fascinating. Uh, He's got a unique perspective on things, and I highly recommend that you check it out. So be sure to listen to On the Hook with Abner Mayers wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays, and episodes in Spanish, out on Wednesdays. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are the part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. I'm your host, Jacob Niffin, and I am joined today by Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. Justin, how's it going, man? Oh, it's good. I was in Florida all last week, and uh, coincidentally, as part of that lovely, lovely drive, I got my first ever Bucky's experience. Oh, interesting. Have you, you ever live been in to Texas, Bucky's? and this is your I first know, Bucky's right? experience? Wow, isn't that weird? And, and my first experience it was in Alabama. Of all, that, that's of even all weirder. <laughs> Have you ever been? I've never been to Bucky's. I've driven past it multiple it's a, times. It's absurd. It is like convenience store Disneyland. Um, <laughs> I I started quoting uh, Vacation. Well, the moose out front should have told you because there's this like giant beaver when you walk in. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is a convenience store that is larger than your average Walgreens. It's like <laughs> That's incredible. It, it's like the size of a small Walmart. But you Hell walk in yes. and like the, the first section feels like, a, I don't know, it feels like a Michael's. Or something like that. There's like kind of cheesy home goods and such. And like sweatshirts. There's a lot of like Halloween stuff. And then you get to the next section. And there was like a meat market. Like you can get steaks. Wow. Um, there was like fancy cheeses and salami. In case you're going to do like some charcuterie in the car. I guess. <laughs> um, like fresh <laughs> banana pudding. And then the middle section. They're doing like barbecue sandwiches. Like pulled pork and brisket and all this kind of stuff. Sounds like and a one-stop like, shop. Once you get past all that, is like the normal convenience store type stuff, and it's like it's like the back half of it is like an on cue or a quick trip, but then everything else comes with it. Um, and I have to say, the so-called world famous bathrooms, uh, they live up to the hype. Uh, it was a pleasant, pleasant throne experience at Bucky's. <laughs> 
Man, I remember when I drove down to Florida, uh, I had never seen boiled peanuts until I got to Alabama. Oh, yeah. Have you ever dropped peanuts in a glass bottle of Coke, though? Nah, I was about to say, that's that weirds me out. No. Why? No, not Salty doing it. Salty and sweet? Not doing it. It's good. You can't convince me otherwise. Mm, I'm not doing it. I also have to vouch for Bucky's Jerky and Breakfast Tacos, uh, also both very, very good. Very nice. Yeah, I remember when we were going to Florida from Oklahoma, we drove straight through to Memphis. Yep. Uh, and then cut across Mississippi, just the, the corner of Mississippi. Just the tip. Just the tip. And then down all the way through Alabama into the panhandle of Florida. And uh, we passed a Cracker Barrel in yes. like mid-Alabama. And I was like, man, this is hands down the whitest place in America. <laughs> you can't get much whiter than a Deep South Alabama Cracker Barrel. That That is facts. Uh, we also stopped at Cracker Barrel at one point, let the kids uh, pick out some candy in there the general go. store. I also um, attempted to go through a Popeye's drive through in Louisiana, which may be the antithesis of a Cracker Barrel in Alabama. <laughs> um, but I got in the drive through line that was, I was the last car that was not in the street. And it oh, didn't nice. move for about 10 minutes. And I mean, we're on a road trip. I don't have time for that. So we backed out and went to Taco Bell, which oh, was not man. as good. Yeah. Yeah. So did you go through New Orleans? No, we didn't go through New Orleans. We went through Baton Rouge. Okay. Go okay. I've been to New Orleans. New Orleans is a cool city, man. It is a cool city. Very cool could, city. Uh, some beignets would have been a better pit Oh, stop. man. What's that place where all the beignets are? Café du Monde. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Oui, I didn't oui. know what beignets were. And so I ordered some and I was like, Oh, fried bread and powdered sugar. It's like a funnel cake. <laughs> it's a, That's exactly right. It's a funnel cake bite. <laughs> I got like four beignets and a glass of Coke, and I was fucking wired. I, that, um, yeah, I think that meal gave you diabetes on the spot. 100%. It immediately put me in the at-risk category for COVID. <laughs> My feet started tingling. <laughs> All right. We should probably get into some basketball talk oh, on this basketball, basketball podcast. How about that? Um, so we're going to touch on some thunder stuff. That's kind of thundery stuff, but not really thundery stuff. Thunder but there's some stuff. thunder stuff. I guess we could start off by mentioning, um, thunder still have not hired a coach. Mm-hmm. Albeit, uh, Shams, Sharnia, Charnia, however you say his last name. I always mess it up. I always feel really bad. Let's um, just start calling him Sham Wow. Sham Wow. Proposal. Sham Wow, uh, dropped an inside pass on the athletic this past week. That included a little blurb. Typically, it doesn't have anything for Oklahoma City in it because Oklahoma City is so tight-lipped. <laughs> Had a little blurb about Oklahoma City. I was like, "Woo!" Surprise. And then it, it said that uh, both Will Hardy of the San Antonio Spurs and Brian Keefe of the Oklahoma mm-hmm. City Thunder will be candidates for the Oklahoma City Thunder head coaching position. Not that they've interviewed or that they will interview, just that they're candidates. And I thought, wow, that's... um. Thanks, Shams. That's a, thanks, ShamWow. <laughs> that does absolutely nothing for the me. The softest rumor. Exactly. That's like, that's like NBA Twitter level rumors. It was, yeah. That that was from, uh, that's, that's like a Hoop Central rumor. <laughs> I was like, Legion man. That, hoops. Yeah, that gave me a whole lot of information. Thank you very much. So, uh, yeah. not a whole lot to read into nope. there. The, the Thunder Hardy. are casting a wide net. Will Hardy's been talked about before. Brian Keefe, not a surprise. Um, yep. But what's interesting to me is what you said, like the wording of it. Because um, th- there was a part of me that just wondered, I don't know, maybe the pick had already been made. Like maybe Presty and whoever have already like come to an agreement. And then what we talked about of, you know, the longer you wait to sign the papers, the less you have to pay the person. Like you don't have to start paying them until the contract signed. So like maybe there was a deal in place and they just hadn't made it official until, you know, we got closer to the draft or I don't know, maybe we actually knew when the season was going to start <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but that kind of made me wonder if that wasn't the case. Like if they will be candidates, that makes me feel like then they're still in the early phases of this thing. Maybe. Yep. I have been a believer that they'll hire somebody before the draft. Uh, that's a month away to the day. 
Justin. So this is crazy. It's going to be interesting to see yeah. if that happens. But all right, so let's move on. Other NBA news that broke. Uh, the big one, I think, for not only the league but for the Thunder specifically, Daryl Morey stepping Ooh, down cool. as the general manager. Uh, I, I don't know what his official title was, if it was GM or president of basketball ops or whatever. But Daryl Morey stepping down after 13, I think it was 13 years in Houston, not getting fired. He stepped down. Uh, they immediately promoted from within, got a guy, Raphael something. I don't know his last name. Uh, but basically he was Morey's assistant for a long time, uh, has been promoted to the, the head gig. That now makes both the head coach – and the general manager, yeah, not getting fired, willingly leaving the franchise. Well, you know what the uh, solution here is: hire Bill O'Brien. Um, he's got he's got experience being coach and GM at the same time. There you go. <laughs> It'll work. I promise. Eh. Thunder fans might like that. Man, I tell you what, uh, I don't blame Daryl at all for for stepping down. Uh, if it really was, you know, fully his decision or if there was some pressure or whatever, regardless. Yeah, you'd have to think maybe there was a little bit of pressure, obviously, all year after the Hong Kong tweet uh, yeah, and the backlash right. that caused. Um, also been reported, though, that he was not on board trading Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Maury yeah. was the one that told Chris Paul, I will not trade you this summer. Yeah. And then got superseded by his owner <laughs> and his star player. And so whenever that happens and then you lay the egg that you did in the playoffs, yep. uh, almost losing to the team that you traded the player to, um, you know, like I kind of don't blame him. Yep. You you have a job and then you get overridden on your job. Like yep. that would piss me off. That's exactly what I was going to say is like the circumstances of – the team performance, the circumstances of the team financial situation, the circumstances of working with Tillman Fertitta and all of that together. Like, um, I'm pretty sure I would have been polishing my resume as well. If I was in his boat, I think the, like what good could have come from another year in Houston? Like, does anybody think Houston's going to be better next year? Maybe marginally, with a 35-year-old P.J. Tucker playing center full-time? Right. That's the thing is, like, you had some fun this year um, with with your small ball, with your pocket rockets. But, like, I don't know. I feel like we saw the ceiling. Yeah, and I think Maury saw the writing on the wall. We've talked about this at nauseum on this podcast, Justin. Their youngest player is 26 years old. All of their future picks are owed out. They do not have a single player on their roster that they selected with a first round pick. The it last one, the last one was um, what's his name? He's in Atlanta now. Mimics uh, Dennis Schroeder's haircut. Capella. The big man, Clint Capella. Yep. Clint Capella was the last player that the Houston Rockets selected with a first round pick. They wow. have none of their own players. They've mortgaged their entire future for win now, and you don't really. I mean. Yes, they went toe-to-toe with the Warriors. If Chris Paul doesn't get injured, they might have a finals appearance and maybe a ring. Yep. But this is where you're at now. I think he sees the writing on the wall. Where does this go from here? <laughs> and I, it's not a pretty place. No, unless you're an OKC fan. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and the the option is there. The, the nuclear, the button that Sam Presti hit last yep. summer is there. Yep. You can trade. Well, I don't know if you can trade Russell Westbrook now without giving up an asset. God, can you imagine if they traded Chris Paul for two picks and two swaps and then have to add, attach more picks to get rid of the guy that you got for Chris Paul? <laughs> Holy crap. You would get the mother load for James Harden. You would get the absolute mother yeah. load. Kind mm-hmm. of like what the Thunder did with Paul George. Will yeah. Tillman hit that yeah. button? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think that it is a situation while not exactly the same obviously i it feels to me like a situation pretty similar to the pg and russ era 100 the playoffs underwhelmed arguably you know houston did better than okc did in this you know analogy but didn't get where you wanted to get there's no roster flexibility to improve anything. Everyone's getting older 
and their contracts. There's no long-term outlook. That's what I was going to say. Their contracts are going to be ending, and there's no options uh, for your team kind of beyond those superstars. And, yeah, like you said, do they blow it up? Ah, I'd be surprised. Their their, Their superstars are aging, too. I mean, Harden and Russ are both in their 30s. Yeah. You know, like how long do they stay at this level before they start declining? Not everybody's LeBron James and can be (laughs) averaging, what was it, 32, 12, and 8 in the finals in their 16th year in the season (laughs) or 16th year in the the league, you know? Right. Um, Yeah, I, I, I feel just like you that they are at the same point the Thunder was. Yeah. But I don't feel like their owner will hit the reset button. It's yeah, it it there's just something about the situation that feels like it's a pride thing. Like uh-huh. It to feels blow like he up, wants to win but he doesn't want to spend. To blow it up would be to admit defeat. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like that's going to happen. I think the only way that it does and the one way that I could kind of talk myself into this is like the financial situation. What what you just touched on knowing that Fertitta is not looking to spend big, blowing it up is a good way to save some money. Uh, but I don't know. I just, I think that they're, they're not looking to go to that phase just yet. They're not looking to be in the tanking mode right now. And so it feels like they're going to try and salvage it, but I just don't see what they're going to be able to do to do, to, to achieve a greater result than what we already saw this year. I'm 100% with you, and I don't think they are ready to hit the eject button. And even if you did, you now have a guy who's being an NBA general manager for his first time ever. (laughs) You don't have Sam Presti. You don't have Daryl Morey, who's one of the most aggressive GMs in the league. You have a guy that's, although he's learned the ropes, he's never had the ball in his hands. He's never been the guy to take the shot. Yep. And so... I saw, I think somebody from Rockets Twitter said, uh, Tillman Fertitta's son will be the GM within the next five years. <laughs> that just, it seems so on brand. Oh, um, that's funny. If I'm a Houston Rockets fan, I do not feel great right now. Yeah. I do no. not feel great right now, especially knowing that the Oklahoma City Thunder control yeah. two of my picks and can swap two picks in the future. Uh that's that's a little scary. Speaking of Houston, um, ESPN's Tim McMahon appeared on the Low Post podcast with Zach Lowe. Uh, it's a great listen. I highly encourage you to go check it out. They talked about the Rockets' small ball, and McMahon mentioned that the Rockets weren't planning to go full 48-minute small ball. Uh, he said that they were trying to get kind of a fringe center that could come in, maybe start or at least play some minutes off the bench. And specifically said they had conversations and felt like they were going to make a trade for Nerlens Noel before the trade deadline. Fascinating. We never heard a peek out out about this, but that makes me think that the Thunder were on the precipice of just tanking the rest of the season. I mean, they obviously we know the Gallinari talks with Miami. Apparently, Nerlens Noel to Houston was a possibility. Um, so Gallinari, that was my first thought when I heard about this, was if the Gallinari deal goes through, does the Nerlens to Houston deal come right on the heels? That was, is a, and, I hadn't and was, thought about that, Justin. That is an incredible point. And like, is that the reason that it didn't? be Like when Gallo fell apart, Nerland, they just said, okay, we're, we're going to see what happens this we're year. We're going to ride it out, yeah. And we didn't know about this Nerland stuff. Yeah. Until Tim McMahon reported it like three days ago. So what else do we not know? Is that just the tip of the iceberg? Always. You know? If, <laughs> With OKC, always. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they had a New Orleans to Houston thing lined up. Uh, they had the Gallo to Miami thing lined up. Shit, maybe they had Chris Paul to New York lined up. Ooh. You know, maybe yeah. they had Steven Adams to wherever lined up, you know? <laughs> Um, we don't right. know. And that's, to me, th- this is a little, someone just, Tim just cracked the door just a hair. And we got a quick peek at the Christmas presents that are heading to mom and dad's room. And then he slammed it <laughs> shut real quick. What else was in there? We we saw the Nerlens Noel deal. It was there. 
But yeah. where was where's the new bike? You know, where's the where's the new Xbox? Where's my Razor scooter? Yeah, exactly. You know, like what else was in that room? That's it's so fascinating to me. It would be so and I we've we've always said this, the Thunder are so tight lipped. It would yep. be incredible just to be a fly on the wall. I'd like and to just tap just, Sam Presti's phone. Oh god. Uh-huh. I need to get a friend in the NSA. <laughs> Oh, the NSA already knows me pretty well, probably. I bet they're listening to this podcast right now. So uh, what's up, FBI agents? Thanks for tuning in. Please leave a five-star rating. (laughs) Please. Uh, Yeah, it's fascinating. And you know that just just based off what we do know about Presti, it feels like he's going to be taking every call that comes in on this kind of stuff just to hear what's out there. And so it makes me wonder, like, how sure was this deal with Houston with Noel? Was it just Houston thought they had a deal for Noel, but it wasn't actually close or was it a legitimate good faith offer? Was it contingent on Gallo? Like there's so many pieces here. And I'm sure like you mentioned that there was probably a dozen other things like that leading up to the trade deadline. And I'm sure that's kind of how it is for all the teams, which is what makes the trade deadline so much fun is oh, this yeah. stuff starts breaking and it feels like dominoes start falling and it's just one thing after another and all these calls are getting made. It always makes me think of the scene in Moneyball with uh, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill where they're like playing the team right at the trade deadline and going back and forth and doing all these calls. Like, I don't know. I'm assuming that that's realistic, but that that's how I always picture the trade deadline in my head. It's it's awesome. Best time of the year, trade deadline. That'll be I, interesting to see where the trade deadline falls for next season. Yeah, that, that is a uh, everything's going to be weird. Yep. I will say I'm I'm very much looking forward to uh, what feels like an inevitable announcement soon of the the low and uh, Maury podcast. Let's just go ahead and and get that out into the universe. Daryl's going to have some time on his hands, and uh, we know we know Zach Lowe's a big fan let's get those two together and and hear what maury has to say do you think he'd spill the beans uh to an extent i think he would maury strikes me as the kind of guy that likes to like he wants to control the narrative yeah i think if he had the opportunity to talk about some stuff whether it be the chris paul trade whether it be the china thing whether it be small ball like whatever it is the harden trade yeah i'm sure he'd love to talk about that <laughs> i forget who reported it but someone said that he worked on that hardened trade for over a year yeah i feel like i read that too like he he wanted like harden was just like on his list and it had kind of gotten to the point where he thought he wasn't going to get him yeah i forget who reported that but it was whenever the, the was it ramona shelburne for some reason i feel like it, it might have been i don't know um but let's move on to another team uh, that is closely tied to the Thunder, the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, they have announced they've hired uh, their new head coach, Ty Lu. They've shifted him over from the assistant coach seat, uh, one or two seats down to the head coach seat. They've also brought on Chauncey Billups as an assistant coach, which is kind of cool. But, Justin, I want to know, there's been a lot of stuff coming out from from the Clippers. Uh, locker room issues, people not respecting uh, Paul George and, and kind of the, the stuff he said. Uh, a lot of the former Clippers that have been there for a while, guys like um, uh, Patrick Beverly, guys like uh, Perpetual Sixth Man of the Year, uh, Lou Williams, um, etc. Not being a fan of Kawhi Leonard and his preferential treatment that he got to choose when he sat out of games. Hmm. He got to live in San, San Diego and was late showing up to team flights and stuff all the time, and there was no repercussions that he was getting better treatment from the from the staff and the organization than other players were. Obviously, some internal issues going on there. They They part ways, mutually part ways with Doc Rivers. And instead of bringing in an outside voice... They keep an inside voice and just slide Ty Lue over two seats. Uh, does that solve a lot of those issues? That's a great question. Um, I, I don't know. It felt like instantly Ty Lue was the guy that everybody talked about. Like as soon as Doc was out, okay, probably going to be Ty Lue. I have very mixed feelings on Ty Lue. Like, yeah, 
He won a championship in Cleveland with LeBron. Um, but even that scenario was a little bit wonky. Um, wasn't it David Blatt that he replaced? Uh-huh. And it came pretty late in the season. Uh-huh. And I, who Are you knows trying to say what, Ty Lue rode LeBron's coattails to a title? I mean, who hasn't in this league? I mean, look at Jared Dudley touting, him, touting himself as NBA champion. Der- Jared I love it. Morris has a goddamn NBA title because of LeBron James. Oh, man. There's going to be just a massive class of people from the mid-2000s to 2020 that have uh, rings in their trophy case that came because of uh, LeBron James. Yeah, got to thank LeBron. <laughs> no, but like... I don't know. I'm sure he's good, but I don't know that he's like, I don't know that he's proven. I don't know. I don't know what he brings to that locker room. Like I don't ever remember much coming out of the Cleveland locker room of like, Oh, Ty Lue changed the culture, blah, blah, blah. And it, it was just more like they needed a, a different voice other than David Blatt. And maybe that's all the Clippers need is they just need it to not be, um, the former, the, what am I trying to say? The father of the former girl that Paul George cheated on. Like maybe that's all they needed is <laughs> to get doc out of the locker room. I don't know. It's, but, uh, it, it, but, it, it's fascinating. Like, like you, like you're saying, like, I think the leadership aspect of the head coach, um, holding guys accountable, like, is he going to step in and hold Kawhi and PG accountable and make it a democratic locker room versus giving those guys preferential treatment and causing issues. Um, will the other players on the team start to respect Paul George? Like, I don't know if you can have somebody who's already in on that process and, yeah. and in on those issues, fix those issues versus needing an outside voice. Right. Uh, and that's the thing is like, we just, are they even fixable? You know, is Kawhi going to accept something like that? Is, is salt is, taking away Kawhi's preferential treatment, does that actually fix anything? Or does it just make some of the old guys feel better? Yeah. I don't know. Does it it make Kawhi pissed and not pick up that player option and walk the next summer? Yeah, right. And that's the thing is like, (laughs) at the end of the day, uh, this is probably why I'm not a coach or a GM, but at, at a certain point, like, who gives a crap what Patrick Beverly thinks? Not saying that that's who, like, necessarily said all this stuff, but like, I'm I am gonna cater to Kawhi in a yep. sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that is the right thing to do. One I is think. a two-time Finals MVP. Yeah, right. And one of them's Pat. The other's a dickhead. <laughs> um, but like, I, I don't know. There, there's a sense of that that has been interesting to watch. Bringing it back to the Thunder, within the Thunder organization, of early on, so adamant about uh, the team. Nobody's bigger than anyone else. Nobody's a star more than anyone else. When, when Especially I enter early on with right. like the, the, I mean, even the PR stuff, the, the banners and the billboards on the side so of the road. This is exactly what I was going to say. When I interned there as a graphic designer, this was in uh, the summer of 2010. And I was tasked with designing um, elevator graphics. And I did a few options. One of the options that I did had like a different player on each elevator. So obviously like Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, uh, James Harden, Nick Collison. And I think that was where I stopped. And they immediately shot it down. And I basically got the spiel, which is also kind of reiterated in Boomtown, the book, uh, where it's basically like that we're we're not showing any single player anywhere. Like, it did not matter that Kevin Durant was one of the biggest stars in the league. They were not showing him by himself. It was always about the team. Whereas now, I think they've shifted that a bit, and I think it started with the courting of Paul George. Paul George getting that, like, welcome to OKC party, that was unheard of to me. Yeah, very, Um, very off-brand. And felt like a bit of a culture shift and a realization of... If you want to land stars at a certain level, you need to treat them like stars. And I I don't know, you know, where's the line in that? How do you balance that? Can you even control that? I'm not sure. I think there, there has to be a little bit of like innateness 
within the star himself to be about the team. And I don't know that you can force him to be about the team just by never making a banner of him. Maybe all that does is serve to piss him off. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's And, you know, then you throw in to that equation the fact that this isn't Los Angeles. This isn't New York. This isn't Boston. This is Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. You know, the small market aspect definitely plays yeah. a role in there. Um, it, it is an equation that I have no interest in trying to figure out. Uh, but if there's one person that can, it's Sam Presti. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think that it's it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Clippers over the course of the next year, knowing Steve Ballmer's tendencies and like the Microsoft background and some of the questions that came out from the conversations that he had with Doc after the season. It seems like he's a big like teamwork, culture, corporate kind of guy. And I'm curious to see how that manifests itself with the Clippers. Um, he also with, seems like an instant gratification kind of guy. Does he not? Yeah. And I think with, some of that's like the tech background, right? Yeah, Doc Rivers didn't work. You're out. Next person up. Yeah. Which it's it's so fascinating that we're going from Houston to Los Angeles because Toman Fertitta is the cheapest bastard in the entire league, <laughs> right? He's too worried about how many yeah. chicken fried steaks can he sell. And then you have the richest owner by far in the league yeah. who just wants to spend to win. It's like the two ends of the spectrum, right? And I don't know if either one of them are right. I think maybe the, hmm. the correct spot to be in is somewhere in the gray area in the middle. But it seems like Tillman is cheap, uh, wants to be hands-on. It feels like Balmer is just flaunts money like and, and spends it like it's nothing, but wants to be hands-on. And typically in sports ownership that that is very hands-on uh is not very successful go ask dallas cowboy fans <laughs> yeah uh absolutely this is the point where nick crane turns off the podcast uh, yeah yeah that's fair um it's fascinating i mean steve Ballmer bought an arena to do nothing with it which tells you about his spending habits uh but like you said the instant gratification piece of you know even looking back at the way they shipped off Blake Griffin. Like, I think there is an aspect of, um, I don't know if it's like quick decision-making or impatience or, you know, not willing to fix what's wrong, rather trying to like throw it out and get something else. So it'll be interesting to see if their issues persist, like what happens knowing PG and Kawhi's contract situations. Is there a certain point next season in which the Clippers before the trade deadline, like do they blow it up? I hope so. (laughs) For right. For OKC's pick situation. Once again, just like Houston, like that'd be incredible. So, before we move on, Justin, and get on to the next part of the podcast, I do want to ask you real quick. We've talked about Houston. We've talked about the Clippers. I want to know, right now, as of October 18th, 2020, which Thunder pick assets are the most valuable? Um, is it those Rockets picks and swaps? Uh, they have a swap with the Rockets in, I think, 2021 and they have a, a Rockets pick in 2024, another swap in 2025, and a pick in 2026. Those swaps and picks are all top four protected. Um, or is it those unprotected Clippers picks uh, that push out? Essentially what I'm asking, which team is going to shit the bed uh, and it's going to end up being better for Oklahoma City, the Rockets or the Clippers? <laughs> Uh, I think it's the Rockets. The Rockets feel like the safer bet here um, just because of what we talked about. Like their future situation is so dire, whereas LA's situation is more uh, chemistry-based. Chemistry is easier to repair than age and money. And so I I think the Clippers have an an opportunity to, they could be really good next year. Uh, we've talked a lot of negativity and like worst case scenario, but like the flip side is they could be the true championship contender everybody thought they were this year. And I, I don't think that would be that surprising if that happened. 
Um, what would be surprising is if Houston is like a finals favorite next year uh, or the year after that or the year after that. Uh, I think that would be much more surprising to me. So I think it, it's probably more likely that uh, Houston holds value. And I feel like across the league, if you're offering in a trade package uh, a future pick from Houston versus a future pick from the Clippers, um, what you said about Bombers' deep pockets, like, nah, PG and Kawhi don't work out. He might be able to go land somebody else because it's L.A. and he's made of money. Um, Houston uh, may be a little more hamstrung, and they may be stuck to some aging superstars for a while. So I think uh, I think Houston. Definitely. The only scary thing about those Houston picks, again, top four protected. So if they yeah. really crap the bed, <laughs> right. those aren't transferring to you, which is a scary thought. you got to hope that they're just a little bit okay or that they have really bad lottery luck. I'm envisioning a, a scenario where it's the last game of the season and OKC and Houston are playing each other and OKC needs to lose to get Houston's pick and Houston needs to lose uh, to keep their pick and they're playing each other and it just becomes like the most incredible tank off that you've ever seen. Now you start scoring on the other basket. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> it would be, I, I need that to happen. That would be uh, incredible. Um, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think the Houston picks are more valuable, uh, but it's going to be fascinating to watch, um, especially next season, the 2021 yeah. draft we've talked about time and time again. is such a heavily loaded draft. This is the draft where the Thunder have a great chance to find a star, Yep. and the Thunder have their own 2021 first-round pick. And, well... Not their own. They have the best two picks out of the Heat, the Rockets, (laughs) and the Thunder. Yeah. There's a chance the Rockets could be not great as of next season. Like, that could be, like, pick 16. Yeah. Like, the Rockets Mm -hmm. sneak in as, like, the seventh seed. Yeah, I could see that. So, going to be fascinating. Well, uh, Justin, let's move on. Uh, Let's tell our listeners about our sponsors for the week, and then uh, we're going to trade some draft picks. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you that important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see your ad and fast. Just try out Indeed for that free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best deal available anywhere, so make sure to jump on it. Right now at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Justin, we're going to go around the association and we're going to trade some draft picks, which means I don't know which sounder to play. Do I play the around the association sounder or the trade sounder? Mm, Should have made a mashup. I should (laughs) have. 
<laughs> We're going with you around the association, yes. Sounder. I don't even know where you're sitting at. But... <laughs> The key change gets me every time. So good. So (laughs) good. Okay, Justin, there has been a lot of talk that both the number one and number two pick, number one owned by Minnesota, number two owned by Golden State, are available in trade talks. Mm. Uh, Both of these teams, although at very different points uh, in their franchise, Golden State being incredibly proven, Minnesota having been awful for forever, uh, they are both kind of in win-now mode. Golden State is getting all their guys back. Uh, they are going to be healthy, and they want to make a, another run. Uh, obviously, their guys are getting a little bit older. Minnesota pulled off the trade for D'Angelo Russell. They need to make Carl Anthony Towns happy and start to win. Otherwise, he might want out. So both these teams are in win-now mode. Uh, the top of this draft isn't too sexy. Really not a consensus number one guy. Both teams apparently are shopping the picks. So, Justin, I am going to be the Minnesota front office. And I'm going to make three phone calls for three different trades. And then you're going to be the Golden State front office. Mm-hmm. You're going to, I, I, well, I guess I'm receiving calls. Minnesota's receiving calls. And then you as Golden State, you are receiving calls. Okay. And we're going to make decisions is the team going to take one of the one of the trades, or are they going to keep the pick? So I am going to be, uh, is his name Gerson Rosas? Sounds good to me. I think that's the, the, the GM <laughs> of Minnesota. I am Gerson, and you are these other three teams, so I want you to call me and offer me these deals, and I'm going to make a decision. I don't know why I expected you to say, I am Gerson, hear me roar. <laughs> okay. Um, ring, ring. Hello? <laughs> I think you nailed it. Um, hello? Uh, I'm not sure uh, who I'm speaking to. Who is this? Uh, this is Gerson Rosas. I just wanted it, to make you say it again. Am I messing up his name? we got to check this. This is great oh podcasting. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> I got it right. It's Gerson Rosas. Good for you. Um, well, this is uh, Mark Eversley of the Chicago Bulls. How's it going? Uh, going well. I have the first overall pick. I'm feeling good. Drafts in a month. I'm ready to talk some deals. What do you got? Yeah, yeah. About that number one overall pick. Um, I'd like to have it. Uh, I could oh. offer you um, some some interesting prospects to consider. Um, what I'd like to do here. What does uh, the Chicago know- GM sound like? I want to kick his ass. <laughs> To be clear, I have no idea, and I'm almost assuredly so that this is not an accurate representation, but... I Just uh, keep going with it, man. It came from the heart. Uh, <laughs> what I'd like to do here, uh, as you may know, uh, the Chicago Bulls have the number four overall pick, so just a wee bit lower than your number one overall pick, but we'd really, really like to move up and get that... To just go ahead and take that number one pick off your hand. So what we're prepared to offer you is the number four pick... Um, plus this young fella that we're real jazzed about and we think you could really benefit from in Lori Markinen. And in return, we'll take that, that lousy old number one pick off your hands uh, and, and we'll throw in Jarrett Culver to make things work. What do you say to that? Well, uh, you know, we traded up to get Jarrett Culver, really high on Jarrett Culver. Uh, had a rough rookie season, so I'm not sure... You know, we, we've got high hopes, but we got to win now. we got to keep Carl Anthony Towns happy. You know, we just got D'Angelo Russell, so this is an, an interesting prospect. Uh, we could still have pick number four, uh, still get a pretty good a pretty good draft, a uh, pretty good rookie out of this. So I, I'm going to put file this under uh, ones for consideration. I'll call you back. Uh, I have a couple other people on the line here to make an offer for me as well. Okay, well, you have my number. Let me know. Uh, sounds good. Thank you. Ring, ring. Hello? What's up? It's Chad. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to go with that accent. This, <laughs> the Pacers GM's name is Chad Buchanan. 
apologies to all Chads out there, but we're we're going full Chad. Let's do it. What's up, it's Chad? How's it going, bro? Uh, hi, it's it's going well, Chad. How are you? Sun's out, guns out, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Got my natty light over here. Uh, why just, are Why are you calling me, Chad? Oh, jeez. Come on, man. Come on. Don't come. Don't do me like that. We go way back. We go way back. Uh, you know, here's the deal. Well, we're looking at that number one pick you got, and I think we could take it off your hands, and I think we could do something with it, uh, unlike whatever y'all are going to do. Uh, so we're going to give you somebody, somebody who can win now, somebody who can turn your team around so you can stop staring up at the playoff seedings for once in your life. Uh, so we're, we're prepared to offer you Victor Oladipo. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, Mr. Feathery. I don't know what that means, but it sounds sick. Uh, and Aaron Holiday, Oladipo and Aaron Holiday. In return, we would like the number one pick, James Johnson, because he's got a fat old expiring contract, Jake Lehman, and Nas Reed. What do you say, bro? Uh, that's interesting, interesting. Let me ask you, um, before I sign off on this, will you let me talk to Vic? Because <laughs> I, I, I'm interested in this, but if he's not willing, he's an expiring contract too. And I'm not willing to trade the number one overall pick just to watch Oladipo leave my team uh, in about 10 months. But if I can talk to Vic and, and see how he feels about staying long-term with my young core, uh, I might be interested. Yeah, bro. He's totally totally uh, DTS. He's he down to sign. Uh, you can <laughs> you can hit him up. He'll, he'll verify, bro. It's a locked and loaded. Uh, all right. Well, I'll talk to Vic, and then I'll get back with you. Okay. I'm not doing an Oladipo impression. <laughs> Well, no, no, no. You don't. We don't. We don't have to call Vic. Okay. Let's just move on to the next. I was turn. gonna say I don't know where you're going with this, but I'm not about to do an Oladipo impression. You gotta sing to me. Serenade I just, me. I just make fun of GMs. Um, <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Hello. Uh, hey, uh, it's Travis Schlenk of the Atlanta Hawks. How's it going? Hey, it's uh, it's it's going good. Uh, how's Trey Young? Oh, Trey, man, uh, he's the best. He is the best. Could use some hair plugs, but he is the best. Does he have facial hair yet? <laughs> uh, not that I know of. Uh, oh, okay. But, but uh, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, what I do want to talk about, on the other hand, is that number one pick you got. Uh, we want that pick down here in Atlanta. We have an exciting young core that we are looking to build around and make a push for the playoffs. Uh, that Eastern Conference playoff picture is looking beautiful, and we would like a piece of that pie. So what we're going to do for you is we are going to offer you Dwayne Dedman, DeAndre Hunter, and this little first-round pick that we got in 2022 from the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to toss that your way. In return, we would like the number one pick, James Johnson and Josh Okoji. What do you think about that? Uh, that's interesting. Interesting. Uh, Dwayne Dedman could be good defensively for us. Uh, so so could DeAndre Hunter. He would fit in really well with our team, although he wasn't great last season. Uh, we don't need him to do a whole lot. Uh, that 2022 th- Oklahoma City Thunder pick, that's that's kind of interesting. That's pushing out a, bit, a ways. I, I kind of want to win, win now. Uh, and we really like Josh Koji. But let me think about it. I'll, I'll, I'll call you back. Sounds good. All right, all right. Thank you. Okay, so these three deals. We got uh, pick number one and Culver to Chicago for pick four and Laurie Markkinen. Pick number one, James Johnson, Jake Lehman, Nas Reed for Oladipo and Aaron Holiday. And then pick one, James Johnson, Josh Koji for Deadman, DeAndre Hunter. And that 2022 OKC first, which is lottery protected, probably not going to transfer over. Uh, the Thunder will probably be pretty bad in 2022. Um, Justin, what do you think about these three, and which one would you go with? I think it is uh, fascinating uh, because each of these three options, not to toot our own horn, uh, brings something different from Minnesota. Yeah, think- th- that first one, the Chicago one, I like getting the the fourth pick. Right. Laurie Markkinen is uh, uh, not good defensively. Mm-hmm. But the spacing he could add, I mean, that yeah. offense would be incredible. I think they need defense. They could maybe get defense with pick number four, go get that's, like an Isaac Okoro or something. That's what I was going to say is interesting with four is you can probably get whoever you need if you're Minnesota at four. That's true. And then in in turn, you're going to get 
Lori Markinen as well. And you're not going to have to pay, you know, a number four pick the same as you would a number one pick. And Jarrett Culver comes into Chicago. Um, that's, uh, I mean, you have him. And if you want to make a Zach Levine trade, you can. Mm. Yeah. And kind of go real young. Uh, so that's interesting. The Indiana one's fascinating just because Oladipo in Minnesota like instantly changes that team and I think could be a lot of fun provided that Oladipo stays healthy. So I think for Minnesota's perspective, Oladipo being healthy and Oladipo, like you alluded to, being willing to re-sign, uh, willing to be DTS, as, <laughs> as I made up on the spot, um, is, is going to be key to making that work. But the thought of Oladipo on that Minnesota team is fascinating. Oladipo, D'Lo, backcourt. Like two yeah. combo guards who can both con- handle, mm. both run a pick and roll with Carl Anthony Towns, um, can and play can, off one you another. You can stagger him. Yeah. Um, and, and Aaron Holiday is not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, this one really hinges on does Oladipo, uh, is he willing to sign the extension yeah. uh, or, or re up with Minnesota? Because you cannot do this trade uh, yeah. and, and only have him for a season. But. Yeah. That I mean, how old is Oladipo? That I think fits directly into that timeline too. Yeah, that's a great point. I think his age lines up nicely. And then the last one, uh, like you said, uh, Dwayne Dedman would fit really nicely from a defensive perspective. Um, I I think that one's interesting. There's a lot of questions potentially around that OKC future pick and where that would what that would look like. But that I think that one's intriguing as well. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's enough to give up the number one pick, though. Um, Agree. Yeah, you know, I mean, yes, Dwayne Dedman is good, but like he's a yeah. throw-in. You're really banking on DeAndre Hunter. Um, is, is that worth it? Uh, that 2022 OKC pick, like I alluded to, that's going to stay with OKC barring something crazy. Yeah, and, and so it just transfers over to two seconds so is i i think i'm scratching off the atlanta one um i'm gonna say god it's difficult i'm gonna say i'm gonna take the god these last two are really good because do i want essentially Laurie markinen and like isaac okoro or do i want oladipo and aaron holiday hmm that is that's uh, tough we got to pick one, Justin. You got to pick one. You're God the GM. Dang it. Okay. Um, <laughs> if Oladipo signed the extension, I'm taking that one. Yeah. I'm DTS, going with it. baby. Um, all right. So now it is your turn to trade away the number one overall pick. Number two. Number two overall pick. That's what I meant to say. Um, you are going to be the Golden State Warriors. I am going to call you with uh, with different deals. Um, I do not know the GM's names, uh, so I'm going to try to look them up as we call, um, which is going to be interesting, and uh, and we'll see what happens. Hey, what was the Indiana's GM's name again? I already forgot. Chad something. We're just going to call Chad. That's, that's the only important Chad. part is Chad. Yep. All right, you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Ring, 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 ring. Uh, hello, this is Bob Myers. Hey, it's Chad. Oh, hey, Chad. How you doing? Uh, got a bit of a headache. I'm hungover, but uh, that feels right. Yeah, it's uh, it is what it is. So, uh, here you you've got that number number two overall pick. Love a good number two. Might be available for trade. You want to win a title, right? Like, oh yeah, that's what we do around here in Golden State. We're light, light years. years ahead. Light years, baby. Yeah. Well, you know <laughs> what? I'm gonna light this blunt, and then we're gonna make a trade. Easy, Chad. All right, so I want you to give me that number two overall pick. Uh-huh. Um, I also want you to send me um, Andrew Wiggins. Okay. That's okay. a big contract, but I'm willing to take it on for that number two pick. Uh-huh. Uh, I also want you to send me Kavon Looney. What a name, Kavon. And then uh, Eric Pascal. He's uh, we, we, we think he could be something. We know uh-huh. he played good for you last year. You send me all of that. I will give you uh-huh. – you, you need help. Uh, protecting the rims. I'm going to give you Miles Turner. He's a, mm. he, he's a good dude. Okay. And I'm going to give you Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, mm. We we really like Malcolm Brogdon, but we maybe need to uh, to blow it up and, and start a rebuild. So that pick number two is going to help us out with that. Uh, you can have Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon. What do you say? 
Uh, that is very intriguing. Uh, I think that that is a fascinating offer. Uh, Chad, why don't you go uh, pound some Pedialyte, take a little nappers, and uh, we'll give you a ring back whenever we're ready to make a decision. All right, sounds good. Uh, if I don't answer in the first call, I'm probably asleep, so call back. <laughs> okay, will do, buddy. All right. See ya. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, this is Bob. Hey, Bob, it's Dennis. No, oh, hey, Den, how you doing? Uh, well, you know, I'm just hanging out here in Utah with all these Mormons. It's, uh, whoo, Mitt Romney, I love that guy. More money, mo problems, am uh, I right? I'm, I'm, I don't know what that saying means, but I'm into <laughs> it. So, uh, I hear you're trading that number two pick. Oh, we're thinking about it. What you got for me? I'm, I'm interested. So, okay. uh, give me that number two pick and Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. And in return, I'm going to send you, now, you might have to do some PR control here, but you're the Warriors. You, you should be able to handle it. I'm going to send you patient zero, mm. Rudy Gobert. Okay. I mean, imagine Rudy setting screens for Steph Curry. Imagine Rudy rolling to the rim on a Clay Thompson pick and roll. Imagine Rudy protecting the rim with Draymond Green next to him. We're mm. talking, you guys are going to be in great shape. Now, you might have to convince Ruder to re-sign. He's only got one year left on his contract, but that's for you to figure out. I'm also going to send you uh, the man from down under, Joe Ingles. Ooh, Jingle Bells. You can have Jingles and Rudy Gobert. I want pick number two, Andrew Wiggins and Kavon Looney. Mm, Okay, okay, very interesting. Um, You know, we can teach Rudy all about proper sanitation, and social distancing and things like that. And uh, I heard he still can't smell, so uh, that might be a problem. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's fine. Uh, that way uh, he won't be able to uh, smell. Um, never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> uh, well, well, that sounds good. We'll, th- <laughs> we'll think about that, and uh, we'll let you know. Uh, all right. Sounds good. Give me a call back. All righty. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, it's Bibbity Bobbity Bob Myers. Hey, I've Bob. turned into Ned Flanders, by the way. <laughs> hey, Bob, Leon Rose. Uh, Yo, hey, Leon, how you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. I'm sure we've talked a lot before. We have a pretty good relationship since I've represented half the league. I'm out here working in New York now. Uh, man, talk about a tough job. Tough yeah. job. How you liking uh, old Dolan up there? Uh, well, so anyways, let's uh let's talk business. <laughs> okay. I don't want to get fired yet. Deal. We need to make a splash up here in New York. We need to get the fans reinvested, you mm-hmm. know. Dolan promised them Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and now they're playing uh, in Brooklyn instead and it's just not good. I got to make a splash. I got to get these fans bought back in. I need to bring someone electric. I want your number 2 pick. Okay. I want okay. your number 2 pick and you can just throw in uh, this guy that no one's ever even heard of before, Alan Smolajic. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, neither do I. So just trade him to me. He's, you're paying him, so just give him to me. Is he a ball boy? He might be. He, that's what he's going to be for us. Okay, okay. In return, I'm going to give you some rim protection, what your team needs, mm. especially if you're going to be playing against the Los Angeles Lakers. We just saw what Anthony Davis did. You need some big guys. I'm going to send you my most coveted possession, Mitchell Robinson. Ooh, okay. He's, man, he this guy falls out of the rafters. He jumps so high. He's going to be great for you. Uh, and we'll give you pick number eight. So you'll slide back in the draft a little bit, uh, but we get to move up and get pick number two from you. Uh, what do you say? That is fascinating. I, I got to admit, I uh, broke into tears when you mentioned Kevin Durant's name. Um, I love that guy so much. Um, but, but, but. Beyond that, uh, it's an intriguing offer. Uh, I think I'm going to have to think it over, but I will let you know, Leon. All right, call me back. Will do. All right, Ned Flanders aside, uh, <laughs> let's talk about these. What do you think about these trades, Jacob? Uh, they're all interesting. Um, really, we kind of focused here on getting the Warriors a big man because uh, yep. we're, we're kind of turning the clock back a little bit. If you want to battle right. with the Lakers, you got to have a big yeah. Um, what's kind of fun about this, in contrast to the Rockets discussion we had earlier, uh, it does feel like a, Anthony Davis is forcing some teams to think about that 
Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo, right? This new generation big. Yeah. Um, So I honestly think you 100% sign up for the Indiana deal. I think Indiana maybe says no for Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, you'd start a little bit small. You'd probably have to slide Clay to the three. Brogdon to the two, Steph to the one. Your start, hmm. your starting lineup is Steph, Clay, Brogdon, Draymond Green, Miles Turner. Yeesh, that's pretty solid. That's really freaking good. Chad was drunk when he made that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you're only giving up Wiggins, Looney, and Pascal. Like that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, number two, Wiggins and Looney for Gobert and Ingles. Your starting lineup would be Steph, Clay, Ingles, uh, Draymond, and Gobert. Uh, again, really also, freaking yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, your worry is, are you are you making that trade for w- one year of Gobert? Um, right. And then that last one, uh, basically just pick number two for Mitchell Robinson and eight. Mitchell Robinson would immediately start at the center for you. And then at pick eight, you could get a, a this is going to pay me to say, you could get a Denny Avdia. <clears throat> you could get um, a Devin Vassell who would fit perfect in that system. You could get an, if Isaac Okoro was still there, um, a guy like that yeah, to slide in and you would start a rookie at the three, but surrounded by those other four, I think you'd be fine. All three of these are really good. Um, again, I don't know if Indiana would actually do that, that one. So I kind of want to scratch that one off. Cause I think that may be a little unrealistic. <laughs> uh, I was going to pick that one. Well, so uh, we definitely picked that one. Let's pick a num- uh, uh, the second one we take, though. Yeah. Or, or th- are you choosing to, to keep pick number two here? Mm, Maybe that's a going good point with, too. A, with a Wiseman? Um, a Wiseman once said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that the Gobert deal is similar to the Oladipo deal we did for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Like you said, where if you can lock Gobert down, like Gobert with that Warriors team is terrifying and it would be very formidable and would be a great kind of anti-venom to the Lakers. Um, Mitchell Robinson's interesting, but not as like just like jaw-droppingly good of a um, lineup when you think about it. Like I think at that point, with the with the Knicks deal, I'm starting to consider just keeping the number two pick and seeing what happens. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I kind of do like Mitchell Robinson and Miles Turner, maybe a little more than Rudy Gobert to guard Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis can handle and can step out to the hmm. three point line. Yeah, you kind of want someone that's a little more mobile. Yeah, though Gobert can just like stand at the free throw line and block your three pointer. That's so true. That helps. No, that's a great point, though. Anthony Davis is obviously much more versatile than a Gobert, but Gobert helps your rim presence so much. Um, I think I'm going to like attach a disclaimer. If you talk to Gobert and it sounds like he's going to re-sign, I think you take that deal. If not, and Chad comes to his senses and rescinds the Indiana deal, then I think I think Golden State keeps the pick. Very good. Um I think Gobert is way more likely to agree to an extension or to re-sign in Golden State versus yeah. Oladipo in Minnesota. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's fair. The only thing is that makes Golden State a really old team. I, yeah. mean, I know Gobert isn't that old. He's like late 20s, but still, like that makes that a very old team. Hmm. But that's God, that, that would too. be a really good team too. It'd be a really good team. You've got good stupid. size everywhere. You, I mean, everyone's really versatile. Really, besides Gobert, um, yeah, that'd be that's uh, fascinating. And it, and if the talk is true that Utah wants to move Gobert, then I could see them being intrigued on the flip side by the number two pick. Oh, and I, and I think with that number two pick, they get James Wiseman. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because they'll they'll need a big. Um, yeah. I. I don't think you go get LaMelo um, no. or uh, Anthony Edwards is like Anthony Edwards. Absolute ceiling is probably Donovan Mitchell. Hmm. So you don't go hmm. get yeah. the B rate version of Donovan Mitchell who you already have. Right. At that point, you already have enough wings on that team. So I think you go get a big, you get a big yep. or if maybe if LaMelo is there, you do take LaMelo, but I don't think 
Lamelo would stay in Utah with with his mindset and his attitude. Like I don't know if I'd risk that with his yeah. dad. I don't know if I'd risk that. <laughs> yeah, right. I think Wiseman maybe makes the best sense there. You get the same sort of big um, that Gobert was, just a lot younger and a lot more controllable contract. Yeah, I like it. That would make Utah, I think, a lot better actually in the mm-hmm. long term. I like that a lot better for you. That that's a good deal going both ways. Mm-hmm. I like it. You know what we could do is mm-hmm. have Golden or have uh, have Indiana send Oladipo and Aaron Holiday to Mini for the number one pick, and then send Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon to Golden State for the two pick, and they just get picks number one and two. Hmm. Yeah. Why not? That's yeah. That uh, that gets wild, but I'm here for it. You take Lamelo number one. You take Anthony or uh, James Wiseman number two, and then yeah. you just see what the hell happens. Yeah, I'm like kind of it. into it. <laughs> I like it. I'm kind of into it. That would be. Has there ever been a an instance in NBA history where someone had both the first picks? Um, I don't think so. I'd be shocked if there was. That is fascinating. I not that I can think of. I'll have to look it up post pod but who knows all right justin anything else before we get off here um no i think uh, it'll be interesting to see now that the season's officially wrapped and we're, we're heading full steam into the off season it'll be interesting to see as some of these moves start to shake out uh, see what happens definitely we should be getting um cap and tax numbers hopefully soon in the next week or so we can start seeing some of these trades, uh, these trade talks and draft pick talks start to start to pick up. So, well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of The Uncontested. Hey, a handful of you left five-star ratings for us uh, with yes. some really nice words and like legitimately made my day. So if you haven't already, please go drop a five-star rating. Leave a little review on your Purple Podcast app. Just click on The Uncontested. Scroll down. Click five stars. Just drop a little blurb. Uh, we'll start reading them on the podcast. I uh, give you guys shout outs, but it means a lot to us. Regardless if you've only listened to once or a thousand times, we always love it. We will be back with you guys again Thursday morning. The past five Thursdays, our podcasts have been with guests from other teams talking Chris Paul trades. This week, we're going to evaluate all those trades and pick which one we like the most. So be sure to tune in for that. Besides that, please continue to wash your hands, wear your masks, stay safe. We will be back with you soon. Have a great beginning of your week if you're in Oklahoma. Stay bundled up. It got cold out there. And as always, thunder up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.